0: hello everyone and welcome to episode 85 of the agile podcast or should i say the remote agile podcast yes we're still trapped in our homes but thank goodness we can still drink at home brilliant so in this one jeff and i met up with tom hendrickson at his agile online Meetup. so this was a live webcast with lots of interesting questions coming from the attendees online And obviously the main thing we talked about was lockdown but there was a lot of other good stuff that came out of it like the future of office work or how optimism can spread like a virus and maybe how doing less stuff can be more interesting so we hope you like it we certainly enjoyed recording it with tom we will tweet out a link to tom's podcast and all the other great content he's got on there as well as adding a link in the comments section on our own website too so enough of me talking It's time to get on with this episode. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you're staying safe. Don't forget the Social Distance in is happening again this Friday. So come and join me and Jeff for a couple of drinks after work. Let's play the jingle.
1: All right. So, we have a lot of people joining us. If you guys want to put in the chat where you're coming in from, we're lucky to have Jeff and Paul from the Agile Pubcast. So, you guys were showing each other your brews in. Is that what you. Now, which one of you is, likes the ciders? Is that.
0: That's me. That's so you. I've, um, over this lockdown period, Tom, I've, um, I've invested in a local cider company and they've sent me a box of mystery cider. Nice. So, what I've been doing to kind of keep an element of, of joy to this, this lockdown period. And um, when me and Jeff record, uh, I pull a mystery cider out of the box. And I don't know what it's going to be. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to dig in now. And it could be a total surprise. It's usually something that's... Uh, let's, let's go with something different there.
1: So, Paul, if it's something you don't like, do you still drink it? Or do you... Oh, yeah, I've got to drink it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I've got to drink it. Here we go. That is... Oh, it's it's a well-known one, Jeff. But Sheppie's. Sheppie's. It's very clear. Elderflower. Elderflower. Huh. So that's that's a local cider for me. That's right down the down as oh, Taunton. Yes, lovely. I'm not. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a massive fan of elderflower, but I'll give it a go.
2: <laughs> he normally, normally prefers the pink fruits. <laughs> well, I can imagine it will be sweet. So, what do showing, you have, Jeff? Well, I was showing Paul my because this is my homebrew. Ah, uh, my working from home brew, which which I I um it finished finished fermentation about just 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 before we went or just after we went into lockdown sort of coincided yeah um i was asking paul whether he could see the difference because he's seen me have a couple of these pints now and it's it's, it's getting clearer i think isn't it's it? getting clearer and it's there's less of a head it's it's flatter it's fruitier it's changing because it's it's still got a little bit of yeast in there so it's, it's kind of living and ah. every time you have the pint from the barrel it's slightly different so
1: yeah my own my own little home brew so are you an experienced home brewer Jeff? No, I, I, I did my
2: first batch a while ago in, uh, in a podcast for the podcast, uh, just to, as a bit of an experiment, a bit of a set-based engineering approach. So I took yeah. the same, same base, the same malt base, um, but then had one batch, which had certain types of hops and another batch, which had a, another different type of hops, and uh, to see which one I preferred. And then. And in terms of you know learning and experimenting, that sort of parallel experiments type thing, yeah, uh, and just uh,
1: yeah something something a bit of a hobby. So you're using your agile principles in your brewing. That's that was the plan. Excellent, <clears throat> excellent. So this well is it looks like before. Yeah, Vasco says he's having a glass of white wine. Cheers, Vasco. Um,
0: cheers everyone. If you are having a drink, cheers. Two
1: people are having uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Hmm. So we have people from Aust- Austria. Let's see. I know um, I know Tom Kegley's here from Cleveland. I saw yep. And we have somebody from Maine. Sharon from Minnesota. Portland, Minnesota. How long ago was that? 2006.
2: That was my friend. It's a long time ago. What
1: did you yeah. think of Minnesota, Jeff? I
2: loved it, man. I loved it. Um, it was cold, so- wasn't it? From memories, it was cold. <laughs> it was cold, yeah. Um, I've got... Um, so funnily enough so when we were there i bought so we went to see we went to see the timberwolves ah yeah and we went to see the vikings um saw the vikings against the packers actually Mm. local derby and i bought some kit for my for my daughter so i bought her a vikings cheerleader outfit she was two at the two or three at the time and um i bought her a timberwolves tracksuit uh sweatsuit what would you call it yeah and um my wife because i've got a one-year-old now my wife got the minnesota timberwolves tracksuit out of storage <laughs> the other day reuse it hand it down so she my no, yeah. she probably only wore it like twice maybe yeah uh, and so
1: now he's got a he's got a timberwolves tracksuit oh that's crazy my wife is um she is like organized every room in our house like three times since we've been kind of at home with this pandemic so i don't think she'd have anything from our kids when they were one so it would be probably at goodwill or something like that yeah. so all the stuff's come out of the loft old toys from 16
2: 17 years ago clothes everything yeah so it's in a way it's
0: these jobs <laughs> that we're all doing that we probably would never have done before but um emptying boxes that we would never have thought about emptying before
2: yeah, got yeah. a little bit more time. I need to look through yeah. old photo albums.
0: And I've noticed that on Facebook, a lot of people posting stuff that, you know, they've recovered from their loft or photos. They thought they'd lost or, you know, memories are being uh, posted on which again, is another benefit of this uh, having this time to pull these things out.
1: So Wait, I'm guessing most people know who you guys are, but just to kind of give people level set, Jeff and, Paul yeah. from the Agile Podcast. Just kind of tell us a little bit about your background. I'm, I think, judging by the chat, most people know who you are, but you know, there might be somebody out there that hasn't heard your podcast.
2: You want to go? Well, well, you, no, you start, and I'll fill in the gaps. All right. So, <laughs> so Paul and I have known known each other for and worked together for uh, getting on for twenty years now. Um, we used to work at British Telecom together. Uh, used to pretty much sit next to each other. In fact and so we were part of the agile coaching team there and um although we've gone our sort of separate ways and doing our own thing we we tend to get together you know once a month maybe a little bit more um we run a couple of classes together or just catch up for a beer now and again and we thought well if we're going to get together and we end up talking about agile stuff anyway quite a lot of the time because that's both of our jobs um maybe it would be interesting if we just stuck a dictaphone in front of us and recorded it and a few people a few people started to listen to it uh, a few more people started to listen to it and we found it was a great opportunity or excuse you might say to get together more frequently and and have a few more drinks so we're up, up to about episode number 85 now it's, they're they're never scripted we never really we never turn up with a topic in mind um we just have a drink see what happens just freestyle i just let it go and amazingly,
0: yeah, people like Jeff said. Amazingly, people um, tune in. I don't know. Yeah, I don't quite know why, but we kept we keep doing them because people keep keep listening to them. So,
1: you guys are just very compelling.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe I think it gets more, maybe less compelling the more I drink. But, but hey ho.
1: Yeah. So, what are you thinking of the? Uh, is it edelflower? Elderflower again, it's very
0: as you can imagine. It's very sweet. Um, yeah, it's like it's like cordial really but um mm-hmm. It's very it feels very summery and of the weather here I'm not sure what the weather's like with you Tom, but at the moment it's pretty pretty nice for was April late April yeah. So we're expecting 20 degrees or so this week. So um, it's quite a nice Spring I've just been out for a run as well So it's quite a nice thing to have when I get came back in It's quite refreshing. So yeah, not it's going down quite well rather.
2: I was Excellent. on a work call earlier on, Tom, and um, somebody I was talking to said that today, uh, sorry, they said today that this month, April, is the best April for a long time. Now, they meant weather-wise, yeah. but my first instinct was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of people wouldn't call this the best April in a long time, yeah. but in the UK, it has been a very good month weather-wise, which, yeah. which <laughs> has
1: taken the edge off quite a lot. For, Especially
0: for... with young kids, it makes, it makes childcare a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let him get outside and wear off some of that energy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we have a 15 year old boy and he's got a lot of energy, so he's got to go do stuff or he drives his mom nuts. So, (laughs) (laughs) so someone in the chat, Tom
2: said, uh, I think it was Lisa saying it's not five o'clock in Richmond, Virginia, but it is five o'clock
1: somewhere as Jimmy Buffett once said. That's right. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So, as you guys do the, you have the pubcast, and you you know do work with other companies. How does that work? Do people give you a hard time for the the pubcast, or has that got you a lot of notoriety and 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 helps kind of open your brand, or how does that work for you guys?
0: Oh, I, I was initially quite nervous about it, wasn't I, Jeff? To be yeah. fair, and because um, I thought, well, it's this going to be is this, we could be ridiculed, unprofessional, you know, kind of yeah, um, but. It's, it's come, come up in some really strange conversations now that uh, quite regularly um, I'll be teaching or I know that Jeff and I teach together and some will say, oh, we love the podcast. Uh, the podcast. And I was, at, um, I was at a conference in London um, and I was just walking around the tables and someone uh, grabbed me and said, are you are you off the podcast? he didn't quite know he not met me before in a work context but he recognized me from the photos and from the from the name so mm-hmm. i think yeah it's surprisingly it has um it's struck a chord with a few people i think i think it's probably not everyone's cup of tea but um yeah it's been pleasantly surprised i think
2: yeah i'd be surprised if uh I suppose we'd never really know if we, if we'd lost out on work because of it, they just wouldn't ever speak to us. But uh, I'd be surprised if anybody who, uh, who would typically uh, go out and search for some, some agile coaching help would be, uh, uh, were worried about the, the reputation would be the ones that were holding the purse strings. But um, no, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's led to uh, a, 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 an influx of work, <laughs> But I don't think it's uh, had a, too much of an impact either way. It has started, like the Paul says, a lot of conversations. Um, yeah, yeah. And we get quite a lot of interaction on Twitter. now, people asking us you know, questions, topics that we can cover, and, and we've had a few um, live sessions where people have been. We've been streaming and things, and people joining in. So, a bit like this.
1: Yeah. So, Jeff, you've written some books. You know, in this context, does it help? That is that a platform for you to help? Because I know you've written uh, three or four books. Four now, four. Right. Mm. So, has it helped or not made it much of a difference? Or
2: I t- so it's, it, I suppose it is. It's a good question in a way. I don't have a good answer for you uh, yeah. because I don't really have the data to to really back it up either way. And I I'm, I've never really been very good at self publication self publicising. So Paul mm-hmm. and I we always feel we, we you know we don't we don't do sponsorship or anything like that. We we don't we don't try and plug things um, just because we feel. Guilty. And possibly when we listen to things, we don't really want to listen to the adverts either. So, um <laughs> no, I don't. We don't really. you uh, don't really use the use the podcast for that. It probably comes up in conversation now and again. Um, yeah, but as as, as, a, as a passing as a passing thing. But no, I can hear your thunderstorm starting.
0: Good lord! I wonder what that yeah. was then.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow! Seriously, my, cla-
1: my clouds have turned into thunder. So, hopefully the the Wi Fi gods keep us together. So yeah. we'll see.
2: <laughs> you you'll you, you've t- we've talked a lot about improv on on the podcast as well, Paul, and I wouldn't say that you've necessarily seen seen sales of your book spike uh, after uh, after a session where we've been talking about improv. No, no, definitely not. But it's it's um and again we just we never really
0: viewed it, and we made a conscious effort that it wouldn't be a a sales rep a, a sale sales avenue for either of us, and it's um it's just. I quite like the fact, and we've always just kept it very informal, very unscripted, and very. Um, it, even if we have nothing to really talk about, we'll we'll find something, you know. And it's just been um, there's never been a topic really that we've walked into it with. It's just whatever is on our minds at that given moment.
2: We had uh, we had a pub quiz last week. Uh, on we didn't even record this one, so it's it's not even going to go out live. We just we just had a few people into our uh, informal social distance in. Uh, last Friday, and, and we ran a we ran a pub quiz uh, with a few Agile questions and, and just that started a conversation. Uh, yeah. Hey there and and uh, yeah, it's amazing. We always thought well, we always thought we, we, we did worry, you know, what if we turned up and we, we didn't really have anything to talk about? Or uh, we started talking about something and it was nothing to do with agile? What would we do? Uh, but that fear has never really materialized.
1: Yeah. Well, so when you guys, as you walk through or talk through a topic, do you feel like it helps you to kind of bounce it off of like Paul, bounce it off of Jeff or vice versa?
2: Yeah, we, and we've often done so often we'll do this when we're so like Paul said, sometimes we'll, we we teach together now and again. We teach some advanced classes together um, and so we'll be together somewhere like in, in Dublin, Ireland or in London or somewhere like that. And after work, we'll we'll, we'll go to the pub and we'll actually just stick the dictaphone on and we'll just have a a chat. And so we'll be kind of debriefing the day. Mm. um, And, yeah, we'll be talking through our thoughts and rationalizing them and just seeing where they go. And, you know, how did you see that and what did you think about that and what does that mean and how is that relevant elsewhere? And, yeah, it gives you, I think, you know, when we talk to a lot of Agile coaches, this idea of if you can if you can explain what you're thinking or, 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 a concept to somebody else, it helps you understand it more. Um, yeah. so, yeah, it's a little bit cathartic in a way. Mm-hmm. would you say? Want it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's all, like you said, it's also a, a bit of a retrospective on the day in, in a kind of slightly more fun way. And it's, a, it's a different, it takes some of the effort out of, cause we wouldn't want to sit down and do it formally at the end of a, at the end of a training class and sit down and, and have a drains up on, on how it went but just the, the sense of and a lot of people have said this to us um, just recently because a lot of people in this lockdown situation and they enjoyed we're, we're doing this regular Friday um, Friday afternoon Friday evening thing certainly in the UK and there were a number of nice tweets that we've had just to say thanks very much for that it's just nice to to share a drink and just to share a bit of chat with people and it's um, a kind of a nice way just to actually see an end to the day or see an end to that particular event or whatever it might be that's, that's happened. It is quite, quite relaxing.
1: Do you guys find that I, I've talked to a few agile coaches and, you know, like some, some companies are cutting their hours back. Um, they're looking for options of training or looking for different ways to, you know, generate income. Do you, are you hearing from people like, you know, cause I know you guys put some things online and I know Gareth, Gareth put a plug in for you. He said you're the best U- uh, trainers, agile trainers in the UK. So I don't know if you're paying <laughs> Gareth. I'm not sure, but do you find people are reaching out for additional training, or they just kind of want to kind of survive the crisis and and move slowly through it?
2: I haven't seen a huge amount of of people looking for training right now. I know, yeah, um, I know there are a lot of people out there that that are really enjoying and. Jumping on the the opportunity to run some online training, mm-hmm. um, and there are people out there that seem to be busier than ever. Um, but no, I think a lot of you know, even even from a coaching perspective. So I, I, I don't really do a huge amount of training. I, I spend more time either with leadership teams or, or, or coaching coaching teams uh, or coaching individuals. And even that has has bit just been a case of like we need to take stock. Mm. You know, yeah. quite a lot of these people are actually thinking i need to i need to really think about how this is impacting my business i need to just i, I need to focus on something else for a minute and it's a, it's a quite a normal sort of defensive reaction um it's it's very sort of short term and, and narrow if you if you if you like but it's understandable and if you think about trying to get people organized to, to a training course right now it I must be putting myself in their position i think that would be quite a long way down the list of things to be thinking about. Yeah. But I could think of it the other way, in that actually, a lot of organizations now think, well, actually, this is this is more of a reason than ever to be agile. Mm -hmm. And if we're ever going to invest in our people and give them the skills and the tools that they need to actually give this a chance, now is the time. Yeah. And I don't know whether this this term means anything to you over in the States furlough. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah so in the uk we're having a lot of that at the moment people furloughing their work is sort of eff- effectively putting them on on temporary leave and the government yeah. is subsidizing a lot of their wages um, with the hope that when things get back to normal the economy can just sort of jump start without mass unemployment now what you can't do on furlough is work, but what you can do on furlough is training mm-hmm. um, so that's that that is an option, but I think uh, in general there's this sort of concerns about sort of cash flow and supply chain and things like Mm. that at the moment i think
0: i i think i've seen that um i might be you know maybe forecasting too much on this but i think probably from my perspective a lot of the the hand waving that that sense of ah that panic has a little just in terms of routine now has kind of probably subsided a little bit maybe and Mm -hmm. That kind of that new normal is starting to kick in. Let's and a, lot, a few companies, I think, uh, who have reached out to me just just in this last few days, I think have started to say, well, let's let's assume now this is the new, this is how we're going to work. Then maybe we do have to start thinking, okay, how do we do this? How do we pursue our training, or how do we pursue our agile um, journey if we can't be face to face? Because we can't we can't hold on forever. So I think now, particularly in the UK, a lot of people are getting used to um, that, the the constraints about, around working, around being at home. A lot of people are more comfortable with it. And I think slowly, maybe, we might start to see companies start to just try and shift to think, well, how could we, if this is gonna carry on for a while, because there's a lot of stories that are saying this could ha- happen for months, yeah. we, can't, we can't sit on our, our hands for months. We've gotta be able to move this thing forward. And maybe we have to start thinking, just a cu- couple of inquiries that I've had or a couple of emails I've had over the last couple of days have started to just give me that sense maybe.
1: We have a question in the chat about good remote facilitation tools that you used with teams in this kind of pandemic situation. Mm. Well, you've got, Paul to me about
0: this. I've just spent the last two days um, And again this is again it sounds painful it sounds like a um a chore but in some respects i'm probably better off because of it because i've spent the last two days learning how to use miro have you heard of miro tom yeah yeah so i was unaware of it until maybe a couple of weeks ago and it's that that name started to get mentioned to me but Mm i don't know Jeff used it and jeff ran a, a class with it and had some success with it so I said, you know what, I'm going to invest my time and my money and actually start thinking about how I can use this tool. And I've been, you know, quite on my way around it, but generally quite impressed mm-hmm. um, in terms of I think now I can I can certainly run a whole class um, using just one tool, which um, I hadn't experimented with before. I was just using bits of various different tools just to meet um make it meet that demand but I know I think now um because I've spent a bit of time on redesigning and, and actually adding some artwork to it I think I'm actually quite pleased with how it looks and how it how it kind of um flows so quite impressed with that but there's 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 quite a few um Google Jamboard I've been using a lot of as well that's um Google product again it's all free but it's really really easy to get started with just like a virtual, virtual flip chart fun retro is another one I've heard of not used it but a lot of people are telling me that they are using it um, a lot of open source stuff that, um, Jitsi as well as another, um, one that I've been recommended in as a, a um, in opposition to zoom as a, a, something which is more open source and more integratable. So yeah, there's, there's, I've been really, really surprised actually. Um, I just saw felt two quite limited
2: the, Just saw two comments in the chat there. Is it mural or oh, it's Miro that that seems to be one of the new battles, you know, and there's two of them, isn't Apple. there? Yeah. Is is your favourite Miro or is your favourite mural? And I'm sure it's not just those two, but because they have similar sounding names, that they're, they're yeah. sort of uh, in, in quite direct competition with one
0: another. And they do look quite sim- similar, don't they? From what yeah, I've
2: seen, they do. They're both both fabulous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Do
2: you have any experience, Jeff? Or uh, well, like Paul said, I, I I jumped into Miro a little bit before him, um, mm-hmm. and it 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 really really pleasantly surprised me. Um, it, what was what was great was so uh, the, the one class that I ran with it I had um, some a couple of people on the class who had had more experience with Miro than me um, and uh, yeah they were they were helping me uh, awesome use the tool um, which 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 is great when you consider it uh, yeah, from an agile perspective you're looking to bring the class in anyway you want that sort of self-engagement you want that self-management self-organization Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often talk to people from a, from a coaching perspective. Um, it's not actually you having an opinion can be quite detrimental in a way if you want the team to, to, to step up. Um, so if you can genuinely not know, I find it easier to coach in a domain where I don't know, um, then that, yeah, we sort of had that.
1: Interesting. So Do do you have any favorites? Um, I've used, so I've used mural and Miro, um, just working with another coach. We were trying to, you know, evaluate some things for a company, but, um, it was more of a cost things where they were not wanting to pay the price for either one of those. So, but yeah, there's, that's the one thing I was wondering about as we kind of go through this, um, situation where there's going to be a lot of, you would think a lot of people thinking about, okay, how can we solve this problem? different ways to innovate and solve the solution and, you know, training and teaching people different things And this. Cause like if you're talking about there's people and obviously we have this similar situation in the United States to where companies are furloughing workers and people are, um, you know, sitting at home and drinking cider or whatever. So, you know, but it's a, it's a, you know, it opens a lot of doors for people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Only if you're not, if you're in South Africa, though. So you can't, they, they they banned alcohol, the sale of alcohol when they went locked Wow.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. So I live in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has state-owned liquor stores. They shut down a couple of weeks ago when the start of the pandemic. Right? But the funny thing <laughs> is, so all the neighboring states, so like, for instance, I live close to New Jersey. So a lot of people are going to New Jersey to get their booze. <laughs> or you can go to so the state of Delaware and uh, the state of West Virginia which border Pennsylvania they look they ask for your ID when you buy your booze and if yeah. you have a Pennsylvania one they'll say sorry we <laughs> can't sell it to you so it's a similar situation but my wife has found wine.com so we've had a few deliveries from there so right. we're we're okay good good good, good. Mm-hmm. so have you guys used just Mural, or have you used Mural as well? Uh, I
0: haven't used Mural, Mural no.
2: Okay. no I, 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 again, it was, it's one of those things. I think a lot of these things just go on sort of word of mouth and personal recommendations. So, you know, I knew a couple of people whose you know, opinion I really trusted, who had yep. really positive experiences. And also, they were willing to give me a bit of a, a free crash course. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, a quick dummy's guide to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was that was the sort of clincher for me. Not that one had necessarily more features than the other or better features than the other. It was just sort of access and and,
1: uh, and, and so on. Well, now Vasco says that if they banned alcohol, and F- it would start a revolution in Finland. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, you know, just this um, sort of
2: solution type thing. So you said trying to find a solution to things, and I think that you know, that's a natural human response, isn't it? When there's a problem, is to try and find a solution. And that, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like that's a, that's a bad thing, but I don't think there is a solution to this. It's its about coping and it's about um, finding a way of, of making some progress in the here and now, knowing that in two weeks' time, things are going to be different and the solution might be different because the problem might be different.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, and also there are probably, I'm not going to say infinite, but certainly lots of solutions. <laughs> and you know your solution might be equally good and equally valid or more valid than than my solution right now but that doesn't mean that we should all do yours Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that one of the things that i'm seeing from from this globally is it's actually so paul said that we you know we're sort of getting used to this humans are incredibly adaptable incredibly adaptable Uh, as a species we're very resilient and what we are finding is that no matter how alien this sounded to begin with and how scared we all were Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's it's good or it's easy but it's 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 a lot more comfortable now and and tolerable yeah and and we do that we adapt um and that's that's what we're seeing and as a a species now i think one of the things that we're adapting to is ambiguity Mm -hmm. and we'll never we'll never become fully comfortable with ambiguity we are hardwired to avoid it yeah but in if you look at uh sort of global press conferences and and things like that. Now governments are feeling more comfortable to say, do you know what? We don't have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past it would have been, I have to give an answer.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and it's not causing outcry because people understand that this is Mm -hmm. so complex and so dangerous that actually saying, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out is the right response. So I was talking to my, you know, my, my daughter's, um, uh, a level A, so just before university, just before college. Yeah, uh, so quite an important time in her educational career. And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, the wow. government came out and said, uh, this year we're not going to do exams. Yep. So this year, students, you're not going to take exams. And so her response was, so 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 how do how do I get my grades? What what happens? And they didn't answer that. They just said, we don't know yet. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. But what we do know right now is that you won't be taking exams but we don't need to know the answer to the second part before we make no. this decision on the first part. And that's, no. that's a massive change for a lot of humanity, but it's a real yeah. agile response, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It makes but, me wonder as to whether organizations, we obviously we can't predict the future. We don't have a crystal ball, but maybe if this huge complexity issue now is staring us in the face um, and we don't have an answer to it, maybe, companies leadership will be more comfortable with complexity in the future that development teams won't get, you know, um, hung out to dry. If they don't know how long it'll take to do something, because we don't know that. yet. There's, there's too many unknowns. You think that might happen or am I just maybe too hopeful?
2: I think so. I, I think also this idea of we will, will we'll become, so I'll, I'll put it another way. Quite often when I'm, when I'm working with an organization, no, I'll say more than quite often. Every time that I'm working with a conversation, <laughs> my part of my feedback to them is, "You're doing too much stuff." Yeah, you've got too many pieces of work, projects in progress. You're, too many plates are spinning. People mm-hmm. are split spread across too many projects and teams. There's just so much stuff going on that you're not really finishing anything. It's it's not it's not revolutionary. Or it's not particularly insightful, but it's very very common. And no matter where I go, there are always multiple reasons. If I was being unfair, I'd say excuses uh, as to why they can't stop a lot of this stuff. Yeah, uh, the regulator, um, the competitor, trade show. We've signed a contract. This customer's going to sue us if we don't. Blah 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 blah. Uh, We've we've spent too much on it already, or, or whatever. There's loads and loads of reasons why they can't stop these things. And what we found now is that they've had to. And it hasn't been as catastrophic as their Mm. excuses were saying it would be. And so it's been a massive eye-opener for for leaders, for for project managers, for teams, for organizations in general. Do you know what? The assumptions that we made about the, the commitments that we made, maybe they were slightly faulty. And so maybe we could do less stuff and maybe we will get more stuff done as a result.
0: I think it was on um, on our call last week, Jeff, um, one of our regular uh, listeners, David, um, said he's based in Germany and they've gone down to 80% hours. I think it's 80% hours. So they, have, they can only legally work for 80, 80% of their contracted hours. So he says it's, it's a massive real-time prioritization problem. You now have to put some things down because you don't have enough hours in the week to do it and you can't work any extra hours than you're contracted. So mm. it's – and that is the same for everyone across the board, whether you're, you know, the CEO or whether you're just, um, you know, just join the development team, it's, it's for everyone. They've got to do the same thing and they've got to be brutal about how they prioritize their work. Everyone's prioritizing that.
2: Well, that that's quite key though, isn't it? Cause if everyone's doing it, yeah. then I'm less scared about me being the only one in my industry and all the competitors yeah. carrying on when actually they've lost, they've missed the trick there because if all their competitors were carrying on thrashing on stuff that they would never get finished. And they were the only ones to cut down, they would have a competitive advantage. But ironically, when they've lost the competitive advantage, they feel safer. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: whatever. Works. So how asks in the chat, any advice on coaching leadership on the value of self organizing teams, particularly in the current pandemic infested waters? Um, so
2: my My answer to this one is is i'd be interested in what paul's got to say about this as well because um, my view here is that great teams thrive even in these in the hardest situations so when you're in really difficult situations the really really good stand out from the rest Uh, in my experience the really really good teams Are the self-organizing teams. So I don't think I would need to do a lot of convincing. My belief is that this will become self-evident because they will see that. Now, in order for them to see it, they need to be able to compare, they need to have a control sample. So they need to be able to see a self-organizing team and a non-self-organizing team and be able to not just see it but actually look for it. Because unless they're thinking, Oh, I'm gonna see how this goes, running a conscious experiment or, or observe consciously they won't necessarily see it Um, but having said all that even self-organising teams need to feel safe Mm. and the first thing for any leadership to do in these kinds of situations is to create some form of safety Um, because otherwise everyone's going to be struggling Um, and even the most autonomous unit will look for a security blanket when they feel adrift. Um, and it's very easy to feel adrift right now. And mm-hmm. what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think
0: I was going to mention the safety thing, but you, you covered it. So the only th- thing I was mentioning, a couple of people have spoken to me completely outside of the, inter- the my industry and outside of work, but about how they missed their colleagues. So a few of them have been furloughed and a few of them have... Um, Maybe lost contact. They're not having day-to-day contact with people they work with, but they—they're not so much missing their their relatives because in their family because they're seeing them every day. But they miss their work colleagues. So that again, that spells to me this sense of people get safety from each other, mm-hmm. not just from their boss or their leadership, but they're from each other. So even if teams aren't seeing each other as often, they probably feel the need to check in with people more. And I think that's never going to be a bad thing, especially in times like this when perhaps people need a bit more connection and they need um, and the the advantages that we have now with the tools that that can do this for us. But it's it doesn't it does you don't need to have an excuse now to to pick up the phone and just to you know just to text someone or just to chat with someone just to see how they're doing, even if they're not on the team right now. Maybe they've been furloughed or whatever that is. But people that I've spoken to are still checking in with people they work with just to maintain those connections and I think better teams do that or feel the need to do that perhaps without thinking
1: another question from the chat can you cover the psychological side of change being difficult for some and they hold out and become problematic how do you typically address that
2: Uh, so what are we addressing here so the fact that change is problematic
1: yeah the difficulty of change from like a psychological change being difficult So I think I mean,
2: I think it's difficult, as you would say in America, period, I think it's difficult for everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sense of uh, that sense of psychological safety makes any kind of change easier. Um, But the other thing that really, for me makes change easier is is the why. Um, So if we if I know why I'm doing something differently, and I can tap that into my personal objectives and my personal values then that becomes a lot easier and if i feel supported in doing that it becomes a lot easier so i'm looking from from a leadership perspective and that doesn't have to be a, 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 you know, an actual executive of an organization it doesn't have to be a line manager anyone who i look who, who, who looks to me for for leadership if i can provide some sense of some sense of safety and i can help that person find some sense of purpose and some sense of meaning in the change and then provide them some level of support then it suddenly becomes a lot easier i'm not sure if i understood the question correctly
0: <laughs> something that came, again reminds me we've talked about this i think last week jeff but um don't underestimate as well the safety that people get from being at home so because and i felt this i went out to the supermarket and it felt like one of the most stressful trips to the supermarket i think i've ever had but I think it's because I'd spent maybe six days at home and I had one day, I I built it all up towards this one day to go out. And then, But so the the security I felt when I got back back home was like a sense of relief that I'm back within my own four walls. So I think there's a, a human side to this that we do tend to feel safer at home anyway. So despite the fact we are all on them, you know, a virtual meetup here, but we are all within our own homes. So you can build on that sense of safety. People might feel more able to speak out or more able to voice their opinion just because they're at home mm-hmm. because I'm mean, within my own four walls. I think sometimes we forget how much that can be an advantage as well to making something happen.
2: So what, one of the things I like about our, our podcasts and just me and Paul working together is that he can disagree with me and, and I can, I can challenge him at times um, and just, On that point about feeling safe in your own home, there there, there is that everyone should feel, not everybody does, most people do, Uh, everybody should feel safe in their own home, Um, but actually, for some people, inviting your work colleagues into your home, or the part of your home where you're having to work from, Mm -hmm. is quite intimidating, it's quite a sort of vulnerable feeling, some people, their their workspace is their bedroom, Um, some people, it's, uh, they've got their, they've got their kids around, um and and they don't they just don't want to show off what's going on in their house right and so this is where some of these tools of virtual backgrounds and, and things like that can can be really equalizing if you like i know um we had we saw the um, the highlights of that uh the one world together music event mm-hmm. the other day uh, and my teenage daughter she, she, oh, oh i can see inside lady gaga's house that that's that's <laughs> She knows what she sounds like, or right? She's heard her sing, but she's never yeah. seen inside her house before or see Elton John's garden. And and that's sort of, you know, that I, I don't really want people to see inside my house, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So,
1: but, I,
0: Jeff, I think that changes with time, though. I think the more you do it, the, the safer you feel, the more you, from my perspective, the more I care less about what's in the background, the more people that I've found who've said they accept it, you know, that's really cool or that's. I can see your kids playing football in the garden. I was really embarrassed about it to begin with, but you know what? People say that's really nice. You can see your kids outside playing, that's lovely. Because you are you're more human. Yeah. You are you are, um, you may well be on a conference call and people have put Twitter pictures, aren't they, of like their makeshift office on an ironing board in the bedroom because that's that's the only desk that they had. So there's a there's an air of you've just gotta make do with what you've got. And I think people are much more forgiving and, and that 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 creates a sense of common struggle i think with between between teams as well is that we're all in this together
2: yeah yeah once you've got there you can look yes. back and think that was a massive part of that yeah. being built but to take that step
0: it is- can be quite scary i agree with that bit yeah yeah yeah
1: so hazel asked there's best ways to encourage people to challenge those assumptions without needing a global pandemic <sighs> <laughs>
0: um, good question
1: well, it's, it's
2: sort of, um, it's kind of, and I, I, I love Hazel. Um, I, Hazel, Hazel was one of my Kickstarter backers. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I feel I can, I feel I can be, um, a little bit blunt here and say, it's kind of a moot point because the box is open now. You can't go back to a pre pandemic world. Yeah. Um, and so it, everything you're living in a history, GCSE question, you're living in a college economics <laughs> question right? We are living through this. Now people are going to be referring back to this point in time for over a century now. Mm. Um, and so this is always going to be a massive reference point and any assumptions that we have going forward are going to be completely different to the assumptions that we had before. So I don't think we need to necessarily answer that. I'd be interested. I don't, you know, we've all got, it can go, the future can go in lots of different ways, obviously. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to have to deal with that, that situation where those assumptions haven't been challenged again. Is that fair? I
0: I wonder if people, you know, cause we'd ask, um, we talk in our classes about powerful coaching questions and things like that. Given an ideal world or given a, given a carte blanche, you had carte blanche an unlimited budget to solve this problem. How we, and some people struggle with that suspended disbelief, but the fact that you, there couldn't be a question like I said, imagine a global pandemic because we, we are, like Jeff says, you are, we are having one. We are um, experiencing that now. So maybe it will help people push themselves that bit further because maybe there are, there are alternatives that you haven't thought of yet. Maybe it might help that creativity a little bit more.
1: So Vasco might... asked this question. What are the mechanisms uh... that are helping people accept uncertainty and the lack of time to do everything they need to do?
0: People have have, having people accept.
1: I don't,
2: I think time is helping. The longer
0: it goes on, surely, the longer it goes on, it becomes more normal. I think
2: we're we're proving to ourselves. To me, it's a little bit like um, accelerated, gradual exposure, if that term makes sense. Uh, So to overcome a phobia, you you gradually expose yourself to that phobia, right? So if I'm afraid of spiders, I might have a really, really small spider in a box over the other side of the room and i know it's there i can't see it but over time maybe i'll put it in a transparent box and it'll become bigger and i'll get closer to it and eventually the stress levels and literally the heart rate goes down and and the temperature and what have you goes down becomes more normal and and every time that you're upping that you're proving to yourself that you can cope with that and so what we're doing here is every day that goes by every milestone whether that's you know a, a week or you know we've hit the peak or yeah, you know, whatever the, that next milestone is, he proved to yourself, okay, so we've done that. You know, we we my wife and I went for a went for a walk and the first three weeks was the big block in, in the UK And so isolation for three weeks. Um and so our first instinct was, Well, we'll never do that. Yeah, we've we've never had to do that before. We'll fight. Uh, the kids will <laughs> kill each other. Um and so we went for a walk and we said, Do you know what? we've done three weeks. And yeah, we're still yeah, we're still walking together. We're still talking together. We're still, we're still on good terms. Wow, you know we, we've done that. Um, so, and we still haven't got any more certainty than we had three weeks ago, and our stress levels are lower. And when I say accelerated mm-hmm. gradual exposure, is because that's in a very short period of time. But because everything is so concentrated right now, that that pace feels right this is probably answer the second
0: yeah probably after the second part of vasco's question um doing everything that they need to do i'll tell you what on the flip side of what doesn't help is um and this is especially something that i i know that we've all noticed is is bad news so when it's just all over the ra- if the radio for, for us in our house the radio is on a lot so we have the radio on i just kind of need it for background noise but we had to turn it off because it's just relaying quite frequently how bad everything is until I think it was, I think it was my wife or some read something out of the newspaper or read something off, off the internet that said, well, there was some good news. It's something like the, the curve started to flatten or we, we think we're through the worst or whatever it might be, but start a little bit, just a little bit of good news. But the amount of, of joy that, that, you know, the sense of positivity that you get from a little bit of good news can be quite, quite powerful. So when, I know it's quite hard to look for it, but when it, when we are in a situation where it does seem to be surrounded by global bad news, but just that little glimmer of hope, that little glimmer of positivity can be quite enthusing, and can actually um, allow give people that that sense. Well, maybe we should carry on. Maybe we should keep keep pushing with this. Maybe we're going to get through this. Maybe we're, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, metaphorically.
2: That's that's a really good point. And you know, I talked to a lot of. Scrum masters, product owners, change agents, leaders, and saying, and I wasn't using this metaphor then, but, you know, what spreads like a virus? Fear. Fear spreads like a virus, but also optimism spreads like a virus. You know, if you've got a cynic in your team, that can bring everyone down. But if you've got an optimist in your team, if you've got, you know, a happy, smiley person, you can all think of one that people just love being around. And it's really hard to not smile when that person's around be that person, you know, not only does it help other people, but it helps you as well. You know, it's hard to feel bad when you're physically smiling. When you lift, <laughs> when you lift the corners of your mouth, it's hard yeah. to feel bad.
0: Something I read about body language as well, a while back, but it's very hard to be sad with your arms above your head. Do you realize that? Your arms play a huge part, because that's why you tend, to, when you're cheering at pop concerts, you tend to cheer yeah. with your arms in your air. So it, it, it tends to be, and I tell my tease my daughter when she's not having a tantrum. I try and hold, I get her to, yeah, try and get her to hold her hands. <laughs> and she, when she does that, she smiles she, and naturally because she knows what I'm doing. She, she can't help but smile as her hands go yeah. yeah, right, it works. Interesting. It's very hard no, to have an know.
2: argument with Anthony. It's, it's hard because I don't want to make light of anything. You know, I've I, I posted a few things online saying you know, it's okay to feel good, it's okay to feel happy, it's okay to feel positive. And I don't want to come across as I'm making light of because there's, a lot of, no, there's a lot of hardship going on out there. There's a lot of people dying, mm-hmm. a lot of people losing their businesses, and there's a lot of bad stuff going on. And I don't want to gloss over that. But equally, there's a sense of you can choose how to react, and your choice not only affects you, but it affects everybody around you. Uh, yeah. and it's not as pithy as just making you know, taking lemons and making lemonade or, or whatever cliché you want but there is a sense of okay there's something positive that i can choose which message i want to listen to right now
1: now yeah. holder asks this question do you ever have or have a company that you're working with has using too many tools oh,
0: <laughs> we could go back to bt for that one couldn't we
2: always um but and so I, as well as Paul and I, we argue, I often argue with myself, which can be uh, enter, entertaining for people watching, I suppose. Um, but but troubling for my wife and my therapist. Um, but so I, I would say yes, yes, but that, that actually, lots of tools can be a good thing as well. Because it's easy to overstandardize too quickly. You know, mm-hmm. BT were guilty of that as well. So as well as having too many tools, and it was fragmented and you know, nobody could switch between projects because they had to learn so many new things and so on. Equally, so many times you've been told you have to use this particular tool for standardisation purposes. Um, and I think there is there is a nice sweet spot in the middle. And the more complex things are, the more it pays to, to experiment. It, just because I found Miro to be quite useful doesn't mean I should shut myself off from, from all the other options out there
0: generally the better tools that I've seen teams um, use would be they've, two things they've either been the ones that they've chosen so involving the team um, in the decision which tool should we use uh, or secondly tools that they've built themselves and it sounds a bit trivial but but there's a few situations in Nokia where teams just did a bit of free time, had a bit of free time, and created something simple enough that they could use it, and it was it was meeting the purpose, and it was free, and they'd they were going to maintain it because they built it. So it's, I know that's that's probably more particular to certain teams that have that 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 skill, but there's nothing to say that you have to use something on the shelf if you could create something similar or better yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah you, you work with what you, what you've got and what you know and where your strengths are. So I'm pretty sure that if, um, let's see, I'm, I'm, I'm just freestyling here. This could go terribly wrong. Um, if, if my, (laughs) if my daughter was part of a scrum team with their friends, she put her, her tool of choice for a retrospective would probably be TikTok. Yeah. All right. Now you and I would think TikTok really, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I'm I'm extrapolating onto you here, Tom might be doing you a huge disservice, but, um, (laughs) but she's really, really familiar with that and can do great things with it. And that would be really creative and she'd be comfortable and, and in a comfort zone. But for us, yeah, you know, we've got our comfort zones. And so I think there is a sense of uh, giving the team the freedom, a certain level of freedom, not complete freedom, um, but a certain level of freedom to, to find what works for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was recently, I think it's in the accelerate uh, book. Um, they talk about the teams that do the best pick their own tools. And that, you know, when you force a tool on a team, they're obviously not as productive and, you know, they feel like they kind of resist it. But uh, Vasco has a good question here. What do you think will change when we go back to the, uh, to work in an office? good mm.
2: to say good question. we will.
1: Mm.
2: Good question. to say we will. Yeah. I, I think both, both sides, both, parts of the relationship there are probably seriously reevaluating that. And yeah. Companies thinking, yeah, we, we probably could make this work for our people, you know, rather mm-hmm. than these massively expensive big office central locations and things where people yeah. are commuting hours and all this stuff. And yeah. also people thinking, oh, Do you know I don't I don't miss my commute. Yeah. Um and all right, not everybody has a great optimum setup for working from home. But Equally, it's not really working from home for a lot of people either, because th- for me, I've got three kids in the house, right? So it's not I can't spend eight hours a day like I did before working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they'd normally be at school or at nursery. So when when school's open, you've got a completely different normal to what you have now. But again, it won't be like the old normal, and it won't be like the normal in a year's time or three years time. It's gonna yeah. continued evaluation.
0: I think commute, I think travel will be very different. I think I think people will initially certainly crave going back to work, going back to I think it's again in terms of safety feeling, seeing the people that they've worked with, particularly in stronger teams or, or stronger organisations, people will want to go back to work with their colleagues or peers or friends. But I think a lot of companies will drastically review the necessity to travel.
1: And well, a lot of my funny. friends who
0: Yeah, well, saying a lot of my friends who would regularly be asked um, to travel to London uh, probably two, three times a week. And he, they're now saying that's probably largely unnecessary. Um, or to travel to meet unless you're meet unless you're meeting clients, they're saying travel should be unnecessary so i think yeah, that will you tend I think to get
2: work. A kind of um, rubber band effect to anything extreme don't you yeah you know, so so we've been we've been missing our team interactions we've been missing going to the going out for dinner we've been you know, missing going to the pub or, or going to the cinema or whatever so there's going to be a you see all the things that you on social media when this is over oh we're a uh, massive party yeah, yeah. or we're going to so there probably will be a sense of well let's all get back together again because we haven't had the chance before uh in some form or other. But I think it will it will slowly sort of settle on something different yes. than before.
0: Um, the new normal. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I suppose Vasco's question was what What do we think that new normal will be? Um, and I uh, think it, there will be less centralised office. I think there will be a lot more of the. I don't know what the generic term is that we have. Uh, so we work and the, what do you call? What's the generic term for that, Paul? co sort of working, working space or workspace yeah those shared offices that we're, yeah we're oh, work hubs yeah yeah things like that 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 will definitely i think be a lot a lot of a bigger thing mm-hmm. um i think, so I think
0: my people... my brother-in-law said to me this weekend um which i'd never you know things don't really stop to think about but the amount of offices open plan offices that are not built to maintain a two meter distance between people so, yeah. you, you just, I, I, both or any of the offices that I've worked in recently or, or in previous years, you think back to how that was set up in BT Jeff, mm. we wouldn't be able to work, le- what less, of, probably less, a meter at max between desks, between yeah. screens. It just wouldn't work. It, for, for where we are now, or maybe where we are in three months, six months, 12 months, you couldn't maintain a sensible, I think a two meter distance between between
2: co-workers, but humans haven't been designed for that, right? We're, we're a, we, we 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 actually crave physical contact, um, mm-hmm. and we and we get pleasure and and stress release and stress relief from physical contact. So I've seen people saying, you know, on social media, when we go back, I, I can't see people going back to hugging and you know, kissing on cheeks and handshakes and things. But as well as things will change. We do as human beings, we do generally have quite short memories. (laughs) Um, True. And so I think habits and culture and that, that just innate human need and and desire to be not just emotionally connected to one another, but physically connected to one another, to, to, to be able to greet and have a hug and have a handshake and a high five and, and, and what have you. I think that that will, Trump things when things are safe again. Yeah, yeah, and that, I think that's part of the drive, right? I think that's one of the reasons why we want to we want to fix this. It's, it's it's not that everyone's saying, do you know what? Yeah, we can we can we can stay like this. We don't need to interact with one another anymore. We do. We want to. That's one of the reasons why we're, we're working so hard to try and change things and, and find a vaccine and, and fix it so that we can go back to that sense of society, community,
1: friendship. Cool, yeah you will. yeah and they can have regular pubcasts
0: <laughs> well it's kind of, we kind of feel a bit like um, frauds at the moment because we're still calling our pubcast the pubcast, but we're not we haven't been in a pub for months Jeff. Well, it feels like it feels like months
2: well so i'm for what it's worth you can't see this you can see the wood behind me i'm in a i'm in a i'm my, out my office which is in my garden uh, so it's, it's fed to be what used to be a shed uh, and here i will knock on that that's my that's my home brew barrel, so I think of this is <laughs> the pub as, as the jeff arms yeah <laughs> Jeff's arms see i can just, so you can just do some optics Jeff, put some optics behind you that would get, be perfect okay up. so uh, yeah, so I believe I'm in the pub and i've got my i've got my agile pubcast beer mat there you go, resting my beer on so yeah, this is coming live from the Jeff Arms.
1: Excellent. Well, hey guys, it's been about an hour. I appreciate all your time. Just want to thank you. Um and really appreciate you guys joining us and sharing all this and answering questions and, and sharing your brews with us. That's lovely. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having us. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers.
2: So, there you go, another episode in the can. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you have any questions you'd like us to cover, or if you'd like to invite us to your meet-up group or conference for a live episode, then just get in touch. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, patreon.com, where you can find some extra episodes that have never seen the light of day, plus video versions of a lot of our episodes. Until next time, cheers!